Welcome to Tighten Up Thursday at Dunkin' Donuts. You got your yes. your Dunkin' coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think that that's this a is, buck. This is just an that's excuse for you to go to Dunkin' Donuts. It is, but that's good. Okay. But uh, if you have the app, if you have the Dunkin' Donuts perk app, that's a dollar. Now you have to pay taxes, so ten cents. But I'll take coffee for a dollar. I know. That's a steal. All over Tennessee. I love that. All over Tennessee, wherever you go. Wow. All right. The great Jim White from TitansOnline.com is back with us. Glad to be here. You kind of dressed like uh, you're going out on a yacht yeah. later. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I've actually got a uh, departure schedule. For uh, Admiral Lake, Wyatt yeah. with us this morning. Oh, it's good it's to see you. Thank you. Be one Glad of those to be days. Here. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, ready to go with another game: Titans and the Texans this week after uh, the. What would you call it? Long afternoon it, into the evening you in know, Miami. It was it was a lovely afternoon. Seven hours, eight minutes. <sighs> so we played two games in one day. The two Monday night games took less time from start to finish, from the start of the first game to the end of the second game, less time than the Titans and the Dolphins did on Sunday. And I went to bed before the second game even started, so <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks for not going to bed during the broadcast the other day. Yeah, you know, I you know, felt you know like what, And I'm going to say something in all seriousness right here, because we do joke around from time to time and kind of pick at one another. You did a great job on Sunday. Thanks, Mike. You so did, did you. You did a fantastic job with all the information on Sunday, and I know people were very appreciative. I've heard from more than one person in the business how impressed they were at the amount of information that you were able to glean and pass along. Well, that's very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. It was um, a crazy first day on the job. It was. But incredibly fun. The Titans radio team is outstanding. Not really. Well, but no, that's okay. No, you don't really, have to truly, suck up. You're, no. you're on for the year. You <laughs> don't have to be nice. Up. Sucking up is not really my thing. But really, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hard work, but we made it through. And now looking back on it, after I've slept a couple nights, it was a good time. Here's my number one question for the OTP. Mm-hmm. What were you doing during all of that, Jim Wyatt? Uh, I was keeping my gamer fresh and ready to go. I was uh, scanning the crowd uh, for pictures to send out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Watched an eight, eight, nine-year-old kid run around. The uh, nine-year-old kid escaping onto the field was a first for me. I didn't see it. What happened? He just he broke onto the. You know, like how somebody just breaks onto the field. Yeah, like usually an adult. An adult. Well, always an adult. Right. Absolutely, always an adult. And the sometimes it's somebody who is streaking. I mean, that's been known to happen as well. Uh Well, the first you look up and there is. A nine-year-old kid, who fully clothed, thank goodness, uh, yeah. who is rambling down yeah. the field, and they can't catch him. He started waving his hands at the beginning of it. He got in the middle, middle of the field started waving his hands. I thought it was part of a show. I thought it was a joke. I, th- I thought, okay, this is how they're going to pass the time here during the second delay. And then I think security realized this is real. Uh, so they do like they always do in these situations where they come from every <laughs> corner. And uh, and the kid had some moves. And if he doesn't slip on, I guess, the tarp on the, the sideline. I think he gets away. He's probably still running. How, what are you going to do? you going to take out a, a nine-year-old? Well, yeah, you can't tackle him. Are you him. going to yeah. Jim Arts him? Yeah, yeah you can't. 
can't Jim do Arts, that. for those who don't know, was our director of security from Green Bay, Wisconsin. He was the chief of police in Green Bay, Wisconsin. He came to us to be the director of security. We go back up to Green Bay to play. Somebody breaks onto the field, and Jim Arts does a complete <laughs> form tackle of this dude. <laughs> it was fantastic. Jim, Ar- Jim Arts is a fantastic human being anyway. Yeah. Is, right. is still, he's back up that way and working for the league, and uh, we, we all think the world of him. But I was thinking the same thing. Is somebody going to Jim Arts this kid? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and – yeah, it's funny they practice. I've been, you know, we all get to the stadiums really early, and I've seen them at some locations. Atlanta, I remember specifically where they practice this a couple hours before the game aggressively. They, yeah, they yeah. they have somebody that storms the field, and then they've got security that that run them down. They teach proper technique, but I think this crew was uh, was surprised, you know, for one thing, to see the kid out there, and then I, you couldn't help but wonder how this happened. I mean, I. I you know, some some crazy people down in South Florida. I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, so did they arrest him? Th- I don't know. They arrest you, a nine-year-old. Well, sure you, you can. Know his dad put him up to it. Well, I mean, uh, they put him in timeout. They yeah, put him yeah, in timeout. Yeah. Are you going to book yeah. him? <laughs> did you jail? have <laughs> Did you have Crockett and Tubbs <laughs> yeah. come out and get him there? Yeah, they they uh, table topped him on the sideline <laughs> and, and they gave him a wedgie and, uh, nice. and they let him go. But you you can't help but wonder if a parent, one of his parents said, "Hey." I, Junior, I dare you to run out there, and then uh, he took it, uh, took him up on it. I can't imagine they were serving that kid beer down there during the delay. <laughs> My so. brother would have done that. Yeah, served him beer or no? Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but he would have run out there when he was nine years old on a dare. He absolutely yeah. would have done it. So what I'm gathering from all this is Jim Wyatt. While we were working on a really long broadcast, I'm standing in the rain holding electricity in my hands. You were doing nothing. Well, I was. That's what I, I, I was. I was somewhat productive. It's funny. Some people were reading Amy's cues. A couple of people in the press box. Some people tweeted, "Hey, I see Titans Amy headed back on the field. We must be getting ready to go again." Uh, I wonder no, what her no. parents thought about her staying out there when there was a lightning warning uh, in the area. But a couple of people saw her going out there and thought that was a sign. Okay. We're getting ready to start playing football again. Like I'm leading the team out the tunnel? <laughs> they don't usually let me do that. I would give anything if we had a shot of – that guy was chasing the kid, the guy we just showed. The one in the poncho? He can't run. See? I mean, he can't run. He, Rich Eisen would beat him at the combine in the 40. <laughs> but I did get a chance to kind of keep my game refreshed, keep a Mario well, I mean, how do you keep your game? I mean, yeah, you had two hours. <laughs> we had We had like four plays in between. I mean, sure you kept your game refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't keep the ball. Now you're, in the now press you're box beginning fresh. to act like yeah. you were doing too much. <laughs> and there's nobody who gives you more credit for work ethic than me. I he calls you the great Jim White. He is the great Jim White. Everybody yeah. knows he's I, the great Jim White. I, I, I think the world of this guy, but don't let's not stretch it here. I, I took a couple. I mean, calls I'm from, a yeah. I'm a hype guy, but I can't go that far. Okay, <laughs> I'm a hype man. But can't I can't help you right now. I can't well, I help you that. with the hard work. I thing. will say, I took a couple of calls from my dad, who was, you know, what, what's the deal with this game? When's this game starting back? You know, you think they're going to move this game till Monday? Are they going to move <laughs> this game to later? In the so I had to take a couple of calls from him as well, but. Uh, it was a long, long day. What, what they say about Gilling is Alley went out for a three-hour tour. tour is that a three-hour tour. And, uh, the weather started getting yeah. rough. <laughs> yes. The tiny ship was yeah. tossed. That's right. If not for <laughs> the, courage, the captain the and his crew. fearless crew. Yeah. 
the minnow would be lost. That's We're it. coming undone. So that that explains unhinged. why I'm in my my gear today That's to go right. out on a boat ride. <laughs> okay, Skipper. <laughs> go out on the yacht. All right, Skipper. All right, so let's talk ball now. We've sort of gotten that out of the way on the OTP, and let's talk some ball here for a second. Um, a lot of overriding things in this week. Uh, the injury list longer. Certainly not good news for the Tennessee Titans. But, I mean, your injury list does get longer after the first game generally anyway. But some of the losses, and we're going to talk about them, uh, or guys that are sidelined, it's pretty dramatic. But you got to start with Delaney Walker. And this, the, the whole thing with Delaney going down, and it, it is not overhyping it, is this is about as big a non-quarterback loss as I can ever remember for this team, particularly in the first game of the season. I agree. I mean, he, he meant so much to this team in so many areas. I mean, to call him of, of security blank is an insult because he's so much more than that. But with that being said, he's a guy that Marcus Mariota could always count on. You knew where he was going to be. You knew what you are going to get out of him. You knew he was going to win one-on-one matchups, even winning double teams to get open. He took pressure off the young guys. He took pressure off the running game. Uh, he set a tone in the locker room just by the way he carried himself. He was a team captain. So, uh, you know, you hate to see a guy like that go down, and people ask me, well, who's going to step up? Well, it's not one guy. It's Can't going to be. be everybody. It's going to be all these tight ends. It's going to be all the receivers. Uh, players are going to have – can no longer think, okay, Delaney's going to – Walker's going to bail us out in this situation. Now some other guys are going to have to do it, and uh, it's a big challenge. It is crazy the amount of roles that he fills – and even going through training camp when we're thinking about numbers and everything, it's, well, are we going to bring in another receiver? Ah, we have Delaney Walker. Right. Are we going to bring in another offensive lineman to block? Or are we going to bring in another blocking tight end? Well, we have Delaney. He can do that. Well, do we need another receiver? Ah, or another running back? Well, Delaney can help with that a little bit. Like, there were so many facets that he was involved in. It's Jim, you're absolutely right. You can't replace him with just one well, person. Well, and he's the guy who's supposed to go through and catch the ball on the onside kicks. Delaney yeah. Walker's right. – I mean, Delaney Walker is your guy. I mean, if this were a Little League team in football, he would be the kid who kicks, who punts, who plays offense, who plays defense, who returns. There's always a guy like that. Even on high school teams, there's a guy like that. Delaney Walker has been like that for the Tennessee Titans over the last six years. And I actually put this question to Robbie Boren, the senior director of communications with the Titans, who's been with the club since back in the Oilers days. And I asked him, I said, can you think of an injury that is more impactful, non-quarterback? Now, Steve McNair goes out, Vince Young goes out, Jake Locker goes out, Marcus Mariota goes out. We understand losing the quarterback's a big deal. But let's take non-quarterbacks, and I mean he came up with three injuries, but and and I think they're all decent comparisons. Michael Ruse in 2014 missed the final 11 games, but you drafted Taylor Lewan to play yep. that spot anyway. So and that was the end of Mike, Michael Ruse, great player, one of the all-time best Titans, no question about it. But he was in his tenth year at the end of his career. So, I mean, that that was a big loss, but is it as big? I don't think it's as big. I mean, again, Roos was a great player. I'm not taking anything away from him, but Delaney just, you know, served in so many roles as, if we, as we've touched on. And, um, you know, he was also the guy that when the game ended, 
reporters went to to get their perspective on what went wrong with the offense, what went right, where's this team move from here. Now you take that voice uh, out of the equation, and it was an important one because you knew he was going to shoot you straight. Uh, I think you could tell – uh, by the way guys reacted when he got hurt, how much respect there is for him. It wasn't just Titans coming over to that card. It was Dolphins in a game where these two teams were at each other's throats all the way through. So uh, it had so much respect from everybody around the league. Uh, and he does. He's more than just a tight end. He, he fills so many roles for this team. And uh, it's hard to think about this team moving forward without him. But you got to do it. Okay, Robbie's second one, Javon Curse in 2002. He broke his foot. In the season opener against Philadelphia, he ended up missing 12 games. Javon was coming off a 10-sack year, another double-digit sack year for Javon. But Carlos Hall stepped in in that game and had three sacks. Carlos Hall ended the year with eight-and-a-half sacks, and Kevin Carter went from two sacks to ten. So in terms of numbers – they didn't end up – now, he's a, at that time, he was as good a pass rusher as there was from the edge in the game. For, that, for the five years he was here, there was nobody necessarily better. He was certainly at the top of that list or, or right among the top guys. So it was a loss, but I don't think it's so much the same thing. Here's the one that may be comparable. Blaine Bishop in 2001 missed the final 11 games with injury. At that time, the Titans were two and three, were still in it, were still fighting, and when they lost him, suddenly it was like the floodgates of injuries just opened up. Uh, he was a leader on the ball club as well. I guess the point, though, and, and this is what we're making, is you could certainly make the argument that this is a, as significant a non-quarterback injury as the Titans have had, even though, though Robbie has come up with three other great examples. Absolutely. I think in terms of how vital he was to the offense as a whole, I think this is the biggest loss. I think losing a captain is a big deal. I think losing a vocal leader is a big deal. I think his veteran knowledge and just understanding of the game you're losing kind of a, another coach on the sidelines they're just I think this is the most far-reaching injury in Titans history that's not a quarterback okay John U. Smith's time John U. Smith's time and, and he's certainly a confident guy he, he kind of gets a little bit of a chip on his shoulder he gets a little bit of an edge when the questions come about whether he can do it whether he's ready for this because in his mind he can that's easier said than done. I think John U. Smith is talented. It's going to be more than just John U. Smith. I mean, Luke Stocker's going to have to do more. Michael Pruitt, who is signed in here, is going to do more. I know Anthony Furcher's on this team as well. Uh, fantasy football owners want to know who's the guy. Well, I don't think there's there's not going to be a guy who's going to step in and, and put up the numbers that Delaney Walker is going to. It's going to be spread out between a lot of people. And uh, I think John U. Smith's a very talented guy. But what's he going to be like when uh, when everybody's focusing on him like they were with Delaney Walker? And uh, we're about to find out. Who welcomed it? Yeah. He, he, yeah. he welcomed the challenge. He was like, bring it on. Yeah, Bring I, me a corner. Yeah, bring yeah. me a safety. Bring me a linebacker. It's third and five. He would look at those guys and would say, I'm getting the ball, by yes, the way. Yes, he would. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I'm, going oh, to, yeah. I'm going to get the ball. Try to stop me. I mean, and the man is just a house. He's tackling a house. It's solid muscle. He's a big, strong guy. Well, and remember this, too. He still runs under 4-5. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
And he's so old. And, well, he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, and, and I mean, he would agree with that to a certain extent. Uh, I mean, he's 34 years old, and he got his reputation in the league. He got here because he was the blocking tight end in San Francisco. Right. He, he's one of, and, and he said it this offseason. He said because of how he blocks and because that he catches the ball and makes plays and because he shows up every game, you know, he, he hasn't missed much time, no. even though he is 34 years old. He said, I think I'm the best overall tight end in football. And here was what was interesting. Nobody disagreed. No. There was no, there was no outpouring of people saying, wait, wait a minute. Who is this guy who, you know, I mean, it was like, well, you can do it. You can kind of say that. I tell you what, yeah, and you're talking about non-quarterbacks here, but you, you can only we talk about what he has meant to the Titans and how big of a loss it is. You can look around the league and make the argument that losing Delaney Walker is as big as an injury as, as you could have across the league. I mean, you know, Rob Gronkowski, obviously in New England, you take him out of that equation. Obviously, they've got a quarterback who is a veteran who is going to find some other guys. You could pick other guys, uh, Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh or. Uh, you know, na- name some of the top players in the league. You take them out of a lineup, it's going to look different. But this is a team with a very young receiving core. And this is a team with a quarterback who's in a new offense that's still fi- trying to find his way. Uh, obviously, uh, working through some things on the offensive line right now that you hope settle down. So, uh, you know, the, the hope is that some guys will step up and in eight weeks, nine weeks, it won't be as glaring of an absence as, uh, as certainly it appears it's, it is right now. Since coming to the Titans, Delaney Walker has 360 catches in 77 games. That's not bad. That's five catches a game. Yeah. Pretty amazing because a lot, a lot of those times you know the ball's coming to him and teams have tried to slow him down. He's been on some teams that didn't really have a lot of threats on the outside, and he still would find a way to get open. Um, so, uh, John New Smith said himself, I mean, it's next man up. This is why they drafted him. This, you, know, you can't sit around and sulk about who's not going to be out there. Now you've got to figure out a way to beat the Texans and to keep moving forward with some other guys. And, uh, I think everybody in that room realizes, hey, I've, I've got to do more to keep, keep the train moving. The new tight end, Michael Pruitt, uh, comes to the Titans from the Houston practice squad. So the Titans have four tight ends, Jonu Smith, Luke Stocker, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt. On the practice squad, they have a veteran by the name of Jerome Cunningham, who is a very reliable player as well. Jonu, of course, was a third-round pick a year ago and has certainly been able to make some things happen, caught a couple of touchdown passes last year. Stocker, two catches for 37 yards, uh, and he gives you something as a blocker. But Pruitt's deal, which is really interesting, he's not a big guy. He ran 4.58 at the 2015 NFL Combine. He's out of Kirkwood, Missouri. Hey. I know. That's Kansas <laughs> City, basically, isn't it? Yes. Correct? Correct. Okay. Sorry. S- signed with Southern Illinois. After a redshirt season in 2010, he caught 221 passes for 2,601 yards and 25 touchdowns, FCS All-America selection twice. So that's Pruitt. And as you, you see him out there, you see the receiving ability, but it's, it's about the blocking ability. It's about the versatility. And in all of these tight ends that you see with the Titans – 
you know, Stocker's more of a blocker than a pass catcher, and Arthur Smith certainly has his challenges right now because of you can't, you don't have that all-around guy. Yeah, and Pruitt is obviously a guy that Mike Vrabel's very familiar with from his days in Houston. And that that deal's not made this week if he didn't speak highly of right. him and didn't think highly of him. So, uh, and I talked to John McLean, uh, you know, the other night for behind the enemy lines piece that I do, and he he was very complimentary of of Michael Pruitt as well, just his work ethic, his speed, his athletic ability. Uh, is a funny story. I talked to Michael Pruitt uh, yesterday in the locker room, uh, introduced myself to him, and just was asking about joining the team, and uh, and asking him about Delaney Walker, and he said. That, uh, that during the offseason he had a layover in Dallas, and he said he was waiting for his flight, and who comes walking down the uh, tarmac uh, area but Delaney Walker. And he said he uh, he said he's always been a big fan of Delaney Walker. So he went up to him and said, hey, introduced himself. I'm with the Texans uh, practice squad. I've always admired your game. You're one of the guys I've always looked up to. This is – uh, you, I want to get to your level one day. And he said Delaney couldn't have been nicer to him, gave him some encouraging words, wished him well. And now here he is uh, replacing Delaney Walker uh, with the Tennessee Titans. I don't know if they've crossed paths now since they've been back in the building, but, uh, you know, Pruitt couldn't have – he raved about how good Delaney was to him. And uh, I thought that was kind of an a, a, a interesting story for a guy who's coming in here to help fill the void. That is a heartwarming tale. That is not an interesting story. It's better <laughs> than that. It gives you goosebumps. So that story is going to be posted on Titans Online when we leave, uh, when, I, when I step out of here. Okay, I wrote it last night. but uh, You but couldn't have done that during the break <laughs> in the game? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously. Well played, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, I had a little time. Thank but no, at that time, I think Michael Pruitt was either. Well, did, uh, hot dog <laughs> calling your name? <laughs> <laughs> they did have some barbecue that was really – they started off serving at the beginning of the game. It was still hanging around about 6, 7 o'clock at night, getting a little soggy. It was not Martin's barbecue well, that, in the press box. That so. sounds so sad that the food they had wasn't up to your standards, <laughs> Jim. Some of us didn't eat for it. I should have snuck down and had one of those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that the guys were eating. You uh, should have. In between. You didn't eat, did you? I did not eat. Nope. I had my eyes on a sandwich that Mike Vrabel had for like an hour and a half. But it and felt he just left it there? He just left it sitting. I was like, that could be mine. What kind of sandwich was it? Oh, it was. It looked like a ham. Like and, a hoagie? Yeah, it was like a hoagie situation. It was a foot long. And I knew I could steal it, and he wouldn't know. But it feels like a bad idea to steal your boss's food. Yeah, it's not a great plan. Yeah. The rest of the injury list, moving back to football, the one that jumps out, Taylor Lewan, mm-hmm. and the concussion, I guess we'll know a little bit more today as far as what he is able to do. But, I mean, it feels like you're going to play against J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, Bernardrick McKinney, DJ Reader, Christian Covington, Jadevian Clowney with Kevin Palmfield at one tackle and Dennis Kelly at the other tackle. I will say that uh, a couple of years ago we went down to uh, Houston with uh, uh, I would say with some backups who weren't quite as capable. Uh, and that game didn't go too well, obviously. I think yeah. you probably remember. <laughs> I remember that game. <laughs> that one. These, uh, I will say at least Panfield's got some experience. Dennis Kelly uh, Dennis Kelly played, played well really well. Yeah. I thought both those guys, I mean, the, the whole offensive line played really well uh, against a good Miami front. 
uh, you know, with with a lot of movement that the Titans had to deal with. I hate, hated to see what happened with Taylor. Uh, that was such an odd play, and the way he look, was hit and looked like he was knocked out, and then he came to, and uh, he was in the building yesterday. You know, met with Ty Torricelli. Uh, the team decided to send him home. Mike Vrabel has been very adamant about. Taylor Lewan and not wanting him back out there before he's completely ready to go. And uh, with these concussions, you just don't know how long it's going to take. Everybody's different. He's going to have to pass a lot of tests to be back out there. I do think today we'll have a better idea, but I think there's definitely a real scenario where he's not available this week. Pomfield has never started a game at left tackle in the NFL. He has started four at right tackle. And, I mean, he's a swing player, and everybody, mm-hmm. that's why the Titans signed him. I think he was brought in to provide depth and, and potentially some competition at left guard. But in the end, it ended up being depth, and you're you're very glad he's here. Um, the other question, too, is if LeWan and Conklin can't go, and Conklin is getting closer. I, I don't think anybody's surprised by Conklin's overall progress. But if they can't go, then your backups on the active roster are Corey Levin, who is a center, who can play guard, and then Aaron Stenny, who has worked at guard in the preseason. Now, when he was at James Madison, he was a left tackle. 42-game starter there for the FCS runners-up. So, I mean, he's he's a capable player. But you also have uh, a couple of different options. Uh, Tyler Merritts, who plays tackle for this team, has played tackle for this team in the preseason the last three years. And then a former Texan that you've just brought in, David Quisenberry. I think you would have to consider making a move late in the week if uh, if things aren't looking good from Taylor's perspective because you, you need a guy in there that has worked, uh, I think, some during the practice week and has a lot more experience on at tackle than some of the other guys who would be bouncing out there just to fill a void. Uh, again, this is going to be this will be a end of the week type of thing, but right. uh, I, I definitely think it's something that uh, I'm sure John Robinson, Mike Vray will strongly considering. Well, and you know it's going to be a physical game. You just know it. It always is. It's a division game. The Texans' defense is no joke. It seems like a better safe than sorry thing for me. To bring a guy up? Yep. All right, let's talk about better safe than sorry. Let's just talk about happy. Or let's move from better safe. Whatever. Let's move along. (laughs) (laughs) Tired of this. (laughs) Tried to segue. It didn't work. Well, I was there. Boy, it was good to see number eight at practice yesterday. Speaking of happy. When he came running out. I was like, oh, my goodness, that is such a relief because you're – and this is nothing against Blaine Gabbert, but, I mean, Marcus is the quarterback, and Marcus is – he makes this team go. And to have him back at practice and, and getting work, uh, fantastic for this football team. Well, I mean, he's he's your leader, and he's got to work through things like this. The last thing he wants to do is not be available for his team. He's talked so much about wanting to be available, wanting to be a leader – and, uh, and the way you get better, the way you work through some things is by being out there. Uh, it was a freak injury. You know, pe- people ask me, well, how's Aaron Rodgers come back and play and Marcus Mario can't finish? It's a different injury. I mean, Marcus is, couldn't have, didn't have really have feeling in his hand and his, his, his throwing arm. And uh, I, I think Mike Vrabel sensed, that his, sensed some of that and some of his discomfort during the course of the game after that happened. And he was telling uh, – Blaine Gabbert, get ready, get ready. And Marcus was insistent and saying, hey, I want to play. Uh, I'm going back out there. After a couple of throws, after a couple of interceptions, they pulled the plug and said, okay, it's Gabbert's 
game the rest of the way. And, uh, and Marcus just needs a couple of days to heal. I think he'll continue to get better throughout the course of the week. You've got to have him out there on Sunday. And uh, is, barring a setback, uh, he's going to be back under center, which is a good thing. Agreed. You're comfortable. I'm comfortable. Now we know what we go to next, and that is Amy Wells' Wonders. That's the segment of the OTP that is just now become a huge thing in the last <laughs> two shows. It's taken <laughs> off. So it really we need has. Some theme music. It really has. It's is what we need. It's, it's a trend. <laughs> what are you wondering, Miss Wells? Here's what I'm wondering. After a game where it seemed like everything that could go wrong kind of did go wrong, and with the injuries that we have that are substantial, as we've talked about, I'm wondering, is the sky falling for the Tennessee Titans? Should we panic yet? Uh, you know, I, I always, and I'm going back to to wins, uh, and I look back at the 2014 season when this team, uh, it, you know, demolished the, the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. I go back to 2015 where this team looked like a Super Bowl bound after a win at Tampa. And everybody was talking about, okay, this team's had the Super Bowl. I think you got to flip it. Just because you lose the, the season opener, 16 other teams across the league lost the season opener. That's actually not right because there was a tie. Oh, exactly <laughs> Mike right. Keefe, always. Mike Keefe. You got me. You got me. <laughs> Sorry. But, but the whole teams. thing about <laughs> Cleveland 0-0-1 on the, on the ESPN crawl, best start since 2004, yeah. that was just – Startling. Here's a question, real quick, and then we but should get back, back to your to point. It. Sorry. Well, in Cleveland, they have the beer coolers right. that open when they get a win. They did not. Did, they didn't no, open. They did not. Okay. So, so would be you <laughs> wanting to know about the beer? Go ahead. So, just curious. So, so just like those teams weren't Super Bowl bound after a week uh, one win in impressive fashion, you can't, uh, you know, you can't you know, throw the season down the drain. Uh, just because of a week one loss that we know you can't ignore the fact that you lose Delaney Walker. Obviously that's not good, but there's a lot of football left to play. I hear people calling this a must win in week two. I, I don't agree with that. It's a big game. Obviously the team doesn't want to fall. Oh, and two going into Jacksonville next, but I think we remember what happened. I guess it was the 2006 season when this team started off. Oh, and six and yes. then had a chance to go to the playoffs in the final week of the season. If you take care of business at home sure. and didn't happen. So uh, it's not a must win. It's a big game, uh, but plenty of football left to play. And, uh, I don't think the sky's falling. Well, this is a reaction, too, to the fact that the team didn't win a game in the preseason. So it seems like, it feels like a continuation. You, you drop the hammer on the preseason in terms of how it affected last week. It didn't have anything to do with last week. The, the team I give you from the sky's falling tree is the New Orleans Saints last year. So they play their first two games of the year after going – Seven and nine the two years before, and they're done. They give up 65 points in the first two games and lose. 65 points. So they're 0-2, coming off back-to-back seven and nine seasons. The sky's falling. They end up 11-5. and five. And if not for a fluke play in yep. Minnesota, right. you know, they're – you know, they're in a position that they, they could be a Super Bowl team. Theoretically, could have been a Super Bowl team. I just think here, – here's what I think about this ball club. This ball club has got to struggle and fight and claw with everything it's got right now 
to get through September. Because you're talking about two first-round picks at tackle who aren't playing against as good a front – potentially – as against as good a front seven as there is in the NFL. A Hall of Fame defensive lineman, a number one overall pick, a first-round pick in Merciless. I mean, guys like that. And that's just one example of, of where they are at this moment. So they're going to have to fight their way through this. This club, my opinion, and you can certainly chime in, and I hope you will, this club was always going to progress during the year. That was what this was going to be about from the start because – You've made a massive change on offense. You have a new head coach. I mean, there are things that are different. So if you started 4-0, that would be great. But I don't know that anybody was necessarily expecting that. This team has a chance to get better during the season. If they can avoid a big hole, I think they will be fine. But I think if you're expecting beautiful and spectacular in September, it's probably a little much to expect particularly with where they are injury-wise. To your point regarding improving throughout the season, Mike Vrabel has said from the very beginning that this team isn't what it looks like when things are going well. This team, the character of this team, the culture of this team is developed in the times where they're fighting, where they're clawing, where they're struggling. So this can be, this is the character building funny part of the season. You know, like there's a chapter in every book where something terrible happens and everyone becomes a man or whatever. Afterwards, this is that time. The team's just getting it a little earlier. And, and you mentioned the, the, the tackles that are out right now. You have the two top two draft picks on this team uh, we've not seen on the field yet either. And they're going to get healthy. Good news on the injury report we talked about earlier is Rashawn Evans back at Kind of slipped in there at well, the, at yeah. the end Well, it's like of the you're deal. looking at our run now. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's kind of interesting. So the injury report comes out yesterday, and you're, you're, I mean, you're going through, you're going, Mariota, Mariota, how are they going to list him? Mm-hmm. And they list him as a full participant, and you're thinking, okay, that's what I thought I saw at practice. But until they say it officially, you know, there, there's something more to, to full participation being listed. And then right below it, you're like, ooh, Rashawn Evans, full participation. Hey, buddy. How about that? That's a big development. I mean, that's the first time we've seen him as a full participant uh, since his hamstring injury. I mean, he, he, he's done a little bit here and there. He's worked with Mike Vrabel, you know, on a side field, and uh, and you could kind of get a sense that he's making progress. But the fact that he's now out there practicing in a full, uh, full capacity, full participation mode, uh, that's a great sign. I mean, he's one of these guys that can help change the look of the defense. He's fast. He's strong. He's physical. Uh, and he's he's a natural leader, even as a rookie, just by the way he carries himself. So sooner this team can get him back, the better. And to see him as a full participant in practice, it's a great sign. And it's another one of those things he's talking about making it through September. If he's able to get back – and get Harold Landry back at some point in the not-so-distant future. Those are going to be two key pieces in 2018. Well, and a healthy Derek Morgan, too. He played 14, 14 snaps. snaps. That's it. Right. And, and Kamala Correa obviously going to get work himself mm-hmm. into feeling more comfortable as this season goes on. Pass rush has got to improve. I mean, they've got to get some pressure. It's got to start this week with Deshaun Watson. But, uh, you know, you get more pieces back in that defense, it, it's going to improve. Well, if you put Landry together with Arakpo, Correa, and Morgan, and then, you know, Finch has played a little bit, and obviously Wallace has played. But, 
I mean, suddenly you say, if you've got those four working in during the course of a game, particularly when you go to the nickel package and you bring in Landry to go with Morgan and Arakpo, which you can do because Morgan has great size, and that's one of the, the big parts of his versatility is he's bigger than your average you know, outside linebacker that the Titans have on the roster. Well, all of a sudden, you you look pretty good, which I think is what I'm talking about with the opportunity that at some point you say, boy, there's some home run hitters in this lineup. Where did this come from? Well, didn't come from somewhere else. It just came off your injury list. Right. The injury report has been a little, little dismal the last couple of weeks, but I think as guys start to get healthy, you'll start to see that depth return that we were talking yeah, about hope, yeah. when training camp started. And you're like, wow, this is a good-looking team. Look at all the depth we have here. It, it felt like it went away for a while because we were trying to keep people healthy and right. get them ready for the season. Now when we get that back, you see it building back up. But let's face it, too. I mean, we can talk about and, – and talking about the roster is part of what we do and one of the reasons we wanted an in-season podcast like this so we could have these discussions. But, listen, they got to play better. I, I mean, they, they have got to play better than they played in Miami. They've got to develop some flow – this football team desperately needs all three phases working together. And if you want to combine something from the preseason that I think is an overriding feeling, and maybe it's fair, is that at no point did all three phases really string it all together all at once to give you that comfort level. And it didn't happen in Miami. They all had moments, but it wasn't all together to where – the game started to, you know, when that happens, that's when you control the football game. The Titans never got in control of that football game because all three phases never came together in that way. I agree. I mean, you can pick out good pieces of each part of it. I mean, special teams, you know, Brett Kern and the punting team did a really good job. Ron Suckup hit, you know, a couple, a couple of field goals really well. Darius Jennings stepped up and had a huge return. You know, Darren Bates, I thought, executed an onside kick pretty well. If the Dolphins guy doesn't make a good play to get on top of it, that's he executed did. well. But uh, but then you give up a 102-yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown. Malcolm Butler made a great play in the end zone, but he gives up a deep ball. Taewon Taylor, we've seen so much good stuff from him. Unable to make a catch, he feels like he should have caught in the end zone. Marcus Mariota leaves a ball to Luke Stocker short that should have been a touchdown. Uh, pass rush wasn't what it needs to be. So a lot of areas to improve. That on top of the fact that it seemed like everything that could go against the Titans did. You know, the Laney Walker holding penalty that uh, wiped off a Derrick Henry run that was questionable. The hit on Marcus Mariota that ended his game prematurely, uh, you know, Detage Caused two turnovers. Right, and Detajay Sharp touched down the, uh, Rashad on the on the interception that would have kept the Taylor Lewan uh, knockout from happening. Uh, a lot of things happened that went against the Titans. You got to, but you've also got to make your own breaks. That's it, and uh, and you've got to do that. And by doing that, I think that builds momentum and builds confidence. Don't you think that's why? These things we're talking about, that's why Mike Vrabel is refusing to get into officiating or injuries. He's trying desperately to focus this team, Amy, on the things Jim's talking about, Do it, not making these mistakes and not giving them an out, at least mentally, 
not even though he may believe all of that himself, but he doesn't want to give them that out. There are things that this team can control. Right. There are things that they can do to change the way a game, the outcome of a game. They just can. Penalties are a huge thing. Some of the mistakes that we've talked about, some of the calls, blah, 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 those things happen. There are so many mental things. There are so many things that are within this team's control that they need to fix before you can even talk about an official did this or this call didn't go our way. And that those things that you can't control, they happen in every game. They just do. If this team can focus on the things that they are within their power, I think that this is a whole different ball club from what we saw last week. Yeah, and it's funny. On Monday, we, the reporters kind of went down the road of asking about this play and this play and this sure. play. And it got to the point where he was done. He said, okay, guys, I'm tired of talking about the officiating. We didn't lose this game because of the officiating. Let's talk about something else. He, he doesn't even want that in the guy's head. Yesterday after practice, he has his press conference, and he always has a spillover on uh, on Wednesday where, where, people, where reporters can kind of ask him uh, stuff in a more casual setting. And the William Hayes hit on Marcus Mariota came up, and he mentioned that he heard back from the league that that play should have been penalized, that they want to see that called moving forward instead of getting a guy. Obviously, you put yourself in harm's way when you're a quarterback, you're executing a fake. But there's a line there that I think the officials have to – uh, to watch and make sure a guy doesn't cross it. So while Vrabel gave that up, that it should have been a penalty, and then some questions started following there, you could tell he almost regretted saying it because it was taking it down that road to blaming this or blaming that. Uh, and then he was done with talking about officiating again. So uh, while he's been honest and, and forthcoming on a lot of things aside from injuries, uh, he doesn't want to lead his team down a path of making excuses and looking for an out, as you said, uh, because I think that's where you get into the woe is me, and that's where you start making excuses, and that's where you take the focus off of what should be making yourself better. Talking about the challenge of playing the Texans, my belief is for this team that challenge begins with Deshaun Watson. And I had a chance to visit with Titans linebacker Jayon Brown yesterday, and I asked him, what is the extra challenge of going against this second-year quarterback from Clemson, Deshaun Watson? Uh, he's a very mobile quarterback, um, has a very good arm, and extends the plays, so I'll have to limit, limit that and uh, contain, contain uh, the big plays that, that he's able to create. Might be a similar answer, but I'm going to ask you a little different way, and that is what separates Deshaun Watson from other mobile quarterbacks? He's he's very explosive. He has the option to run. He when he scrambles, his eyes are still down the field to make a big play. And then if it's not there, he can take off and and make make it happen with his legs. So he's very very mobile and uh, and very smart QB. Does it help you that you have already played against him last year? Uh, it helps to know what he's about and uh, to see see it firsthand. But it's a new year. He's uh, he's probably grown uh, more comfortable with his offense and and knows himself better, as I say, as a, a player. So we just got to go out there and execute. Jan Brown talking with us uh, in the locker room yesterday. Mike Keith again with the Bob Barker microphone. <laughs> Can we not get you a mic from 2018? I'm not in charge of the microphones. We I just, they hand me something, and I, I'm there to talk to Jayon Brown. I'm See, that's the whole thing. I'm going to talk to someone okay, about this. Well, this you, is you out of somebody. control. You talk to this somebody. This is not okay. But here, here's the thing. 
How about talking to somebody about stopping Deshaun Watson? Don't want to see him put up 57 <laughs> again. Yeah, no thank you. That was ugly uh, last year. Threw for four, ran for another. That was kind of his coming out party, even though maybe the week before he kind of gave glimpses of what was to come. Uh, he was not as good this past Sunday in New England. Uh, you know, again, referring back to John McClain, just like I refer, we referred to Armando so much last year on the, last week on the telecast or on the podcast, I should say, leading up to the Dolphins game. John McClain said, I think in his words, he was terrible uh, on Sunday, at least at the start. He was rusty, didn't look comfortable. Offensive line gave him some trouble in the first half where he just didn't have great protection. Uh, felt like he got a little bit better in the second half, but said he was not the same guy that we saw in Houston last year. Now, that's expected because he wasn't able to do everything uh, leading up to this season like he was able to last year before the Titans faced him. He didn't get to go have the full preseason and all the reps and didn't have, uh, you know, didn't have the readiness uh, that he did a year ago. So he's eventually going to settle in and look more like he did last October 1. You just hope it doesn't happen this Sunday. You know what did get better as the game went along for the Texans, though, that jumped out to me? And, and Watson got better. Their defensive line got better. Yes. Their defensive line got stronger, and in the second half, they harassed Tom Brady, didn't give up a touchdown, looked like Watt was rounding back into form. This DJ Reader who plays in the middle, they list him at 347 pounds. It's a big dude. So then they've got Covington. They've got Carlos Watkins, who's another good defensive lineman from Clemson. Jadevian Clowney. Zach Cunningham from Vanderbilt, who's turned out to be a really good player. Bernardrick McKinney, their middle linebacker who weighs 260. Merciless, who's 260. Dylan Cole, who's 240. And then Brennan Scarlett, who's 263. I mean, that front seven is huge. Reader had a couple of sacks, I think. He was then, credited with a couple of sacks. Watt's not happy, I understand. He <laughs> thinks he should have gotten one of them. Yeah, and it's scary, really, when those guys are, qu are relatively quiet uh, coming into a game because you know they're they're going to be motivated to do more and to make more of an impact. So uh, it's a tough defense, and we talked about the potential challenges going up against that tough defense with some, uh, you know, with some backup offensive linemen so uh titans are gonna have to be on top of their game uh guys are gonna have to they, they have to be able to run the ball on this team run it straight at them take those guys out of the game as much as you can from pass rushing perspective and uh and try to play with a lead the last thing you'll do is fall behind these guys feel like you got to throw it to catch up and then have those guys pinning their ears back and coming after you Especially if they're starting to get into a groove right. and they're getting into well, a flow. And let's face it, it always seems like J.J. Watt always finds his groove every time he plays the Titans. J.J. Watt really likes playing against the Titans. Too much. Uh, yeah. So let me throw this at you to wrap up our show. Titans who coached for Houston. Mike Vrabel. Uh, Matt LaFleur was there in 2008 and 2009. Shane Bowen, the outside linebacker coach. Pat O'Hara was the quarterback coach. So three of the four were on the staff last year. Uh, Titans who played for Houston, Ben Jones obviously did. Kendrick Lewis, who's out right now, but he played for him for a period of time. And the Titan who normally plays his best football against the Texans is Jarrell Casey. 
Mm-hmm. 78 career tackles and five sacks. Another one who plays well is a Houston native by the name of Brian Arakpo. Yes. So you have all these tie-ins, and we certainly know the long history that this franchise used to be there, and you know there is there is certainly a bit of a rivalry there that has developed over 17 years. Does anybody have an advantage of knowing or having the connection going in, or in your opinion, is it even? Well, game tape tells you so much, and you know Mike Vrabel was asked that yesterday about familiarity and how much it helps, and it helps you knowing what certain guys can do, where areas that you can attack. He obviously knows, you know, Bill O'Brien's thinking. I mean, you're you're going to get some type of an advantage based on the knowledge you picked up while you're there. Uh, with that said. And it's just like last week when we were talking about Luke Falk and how much he can help the Dolphins lead into a game because he's got a little bit of knowledge on what was, what's happening inside this building. You still got to line up and block J.J. White, and you still got to use good technique to stop DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, you know what certain guys can do. You can watch tape, you know, from starting now nonstop all the way till Sunday. It's still not going to keep you from stopping them on Sunday. So uh, all that stuff factors in, but it's a matter of beating the guy in front of you. It's a matter of making your own breaks. It's a matter of not making mistakes, and that's how you end up winning these games. And if you don't do that, you get beat 57-14. to I think it's even. I think there are so many unknowns. I mean, Mike Vrabel's in a different position than he was in Houston, and we have such a different team. They have a really different team. So I think as – Jim was saying, you know the big guys. You know what you need to do when you get in there. You know the kind of key players, and they know our key players. But in terms of all the intangibles and all the – The what? Isn't it untangibles? Intangibles? I'd go with intangibles. Oh, goodness gracious. I need more coffee. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, in terms of all of – You may have created a word. (laughs) The untangibles? Yes. That's going to be the title of my next book. Good. Untangibles. Good. <laughs> in terms of See, I all gave of you the credit things. early. I gave you credit early, so I had to take the shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. That's fair. I made fun of your microphone. You, you, yes, you did. <laughs> in terms of all the other things, intangibles. The other things. It's. Uh, I think it's a wash. I don't think one team has an advantage over the other. I think if there is an advantage, it's to Vrabel because he knows their personnel. I think that's the that's the advantage. How much is that? I mean, you could, you know, you're supposed to walk in knowing the answers to the test anyway, but you don't know what the questions are going to be. So, how can you figure it out, right? Right. Hmm. I, I, you know, if there is an advantage, he does know that. I think Bill O'Brien is a really super football coach, and I think Bill O'Brien running their offense and Romeo Cornell running their defense, it is very, very formidable. No doubt. I mean, it's a it's a good team, and uh, you know, a lot of people. Even though the Jaguars won this division last year, and the Titans uh, went to the playoffs, a lot of people picked the Texans to win this division right. with Deshaun Watson coming back. So, uh, this is a big game. I mean, again, not a must win, but uh, you know, a t- a, for one of these two teams to fall zero and two, you're digging yourself out of a hole at that point. So, both these teams need it. Uh, Texans coming off a loss to the Patriots. Titans coming off a loss to the Dolphins. Uh, so I expect a hotly contested game at Nissan Stadium on oh, it's Sunday. A, it's a division game at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, if you're the Titans, you went five and one in the division last year. It's going to be hard to go five and one this year. So you better win your home games. Yep, agreed. It's one of those intangibles. I, I really <laughs> like that. 
I think you should just start saying words like that. <laughs> just just see like if we're all noticed. no, just like we're all supposed to know. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's just awesome. What a mess. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. All right, let's talk about what do you have coming up for people at TitansOnline.com. Just posted behind enemy lines. Uh, to mention the Michael Pruitt story that's coming up. So that's with John McClain, the behind enemy that, lines. That's correct. Okay. Uh, obviously, we're going to have updated practice information today. We talked to Dean Peace, talked to Matt LaFleur after practice. I think something come out of that. I'm hoping to talk to Rashawn Evans in the locker room today Ooh. and, uh, you know, to kind of get how he feels coming off of a practice that he went uh, was a full participant for. Uh, we'll round out the week. Obviously, still got six things to watch to come up this week. Got the mail back for Sunday coming up. Uh, got another big piece that's running tomorrow that I don't know if I can say what it is yet, but uh, there'll be a lot of information certainly Ooh, moving forward mystery. Uh, on Titans Online. Amy Wells, what do you have coming up? Oh, gosh, we'll have Titans today, little news and update. And that comes out roughly around 4 o'clock-ish? Yep, Central Time. 4 okay. o'clock Central Time, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but lots of good information in there. That's exciting. I'm going to taste food at the stadium Your with what? our new concessionaire today. Yeah, big event for me. The concessionaire at Nissan Stadium, there's going to be new menu items when you come out to Nissan Stadium on Sunday, and I get to taste them ahead of time. That's so I'm going to go do that, and there will be a little story on TitansOnline.com. And a feature for Titans All Access. Absolutely. So that's kind of good mm-hmm. karma. You passed on eating Mike Vrabel's sandwich, and now you're being rewarded. Well, that's a fair able. point. It yep. is. It's one of those untangible facts. <laughs> <laughs> Stadium food. Hashtag I untangible. She didn't Mike, if she would eat Mike Vrabel's sandwich, she probably wouldn't be in a position to, to head over it's for the food story. testing today. Uh, That's she did, true. She did a good job. She did a, an amazing job without food especially because, I mean, it was – you know, it was some heavy lifting down there. It was a day. Yes, and you went into rain and sun and wind and, I mean so – I could tell you anything about the weather now. I bet you, you They could. should send me down to uh, – the Carolinas to help them out to take over on the weather to channel. watch the radar. Well, yeah. here's what you're doing tonight, though. Six o'clock, Titans tonight. Absolutely. Brought brought to you by Yeehaw Brewery. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Nice. I like how you did that. Huh? <laughs> Keith, who would not do the Yeehaw last? Richard week? Matthews would not refuse to Yeehaw. The guest tonight is Darius Jennings. He'll yeehaw. We'll see if he yeehaws. Keith Bullock will be here, and that's 6 to 7 Central Time on Titans Radio. In Nashville, of course, that's 104.5 The Zone. So are we complete? Do we feel like we've said all we can say? We've got to go get ready for practice and for food tasting. Mm -hmm. For the executive producer of the OTP, Amy Wells, and for the great Jim White, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for being with us for the OTP.